Live from Rockefeller Plaza, this is a special edition of the third hour of today at the Olympic Games. And good morning. Welcome to the third hour of today. It is Friday here in yeah. Tokyo. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, Friday, especially for the five guests that are standing by, they are all bringing home medals for Team USA. Awesome. There they are. Uh, and we're, we're going to introduce you to them in just a few <laughs> moments here, guys. It's going to be a good show. Then the hosts of the closing ceremony join us live. Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir. There they are. They will reveal which athlete will carry the flag for Team USA. And, of course, the burning question everybody wants to know. Why did they bring 22 suitcases? With them? I Tokyo. love them. Is they that true? are fab. Yes. I think so. That's true. It I, is. That word is on true. the street. Well, Craig didn't right. need to bring, yeah. you know. <laughs> Craig didn't need to bring as many suitcases because his shirts are really, really small. So <laughs> fit nicely in one bag. I love you, Craig. Wow. Okay, and wow. y'all, we have a date with Joy Bauer. She's celebrating the end of these Olympics with some superfood cookies. I love it. Let's uh, jump right into the action here in Tokyo, though. Team USA not only battling the competition, but also really the stifling heat here in Japan, especially, especially when it came to women's beach volleyball. NBC News senior national correspondent Tom Yamas once again over at Olympic Stadium. Hey, Tom. Hey, Craig, good morning again. We just witnessed history. Allison Felix taking the bronze medal. That's now her 10th medal. She becomes the most decorated female U.S. track and field athlete. She's tied with Carl Lewis, and there is still a lot of Olympics left, Craig, but Team USA is finishing strong all across Tokyo. This morning, some medal detection at the beach. And it's into the net. That is it. The United States has won the gold medal. The USA team of April Ross and Alex Kleinman sweeping Australia to bring home the gold. The A team with an A-plus performance. <laughs> the duo not the only ones bringing the heat. Ross and Kleinman say their gold medal match was by far the hottest. The sun was beating down on them and the sand was like fire. At one point they checked and the thermometer showed it was well past 120 degrees. Despite the stifling conditions, Ross and Kleiman maintaining American dominance on the sand, with the U.S. winning a beach volleyball medal at every Olympics since the sport debuted in 1996. The victory completing the Olympic medal box set for Ross. And now you have the whole set, one to match every outfit. That's got to feel pretty darn good. Yeah, Alex said it best. We prefer gold jewelry, so we're very happy with the gold. At Olympic Stadium, American pole vaulter Katie Najat goes above and beyond, clearing 16 feet to capture gold. And is that the gold medal jump? Is that the gold medal jump? It just might be. Najat flying high with a special message written on her shoe to honor her late father. It's happening a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> like, help me get this together. <laughs> on the mat, American heavyweight Gable Stevenson grips gold, defeating Georgia's Gino Petriashvili. Now, one more note about Stevenson. He weighs 275 pounds, and I want to show you these images because you wouldn't believe me unless we showed these. After his gold medal win, he did a cartwheel and then a backflip. Craig, this guy is a tremendous athlete. Someone that large able to do a backflip, that's pretty incredible. 
Back over to you. Good night. All right, Tom Yamas. Tom, thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> let's bring in three of the newest gold medal winners. Here they are, Nevin Harrison. She took gold in the women's canoe 200-meter sprint. Uh, you just saw Katie Najat there in Tom's story. She won the women's pole vault event. And then there's David Taylor, the gold medalist in the men's 86-kilogram freestyle wrestling. Good morning to all of you. Congratulations to all of you. How do we feel? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> Can't complain. I would yeah. imagine not, sitting there with gold around your neck. Nevin, let me start with you because canoeing was, was actually included for the first time in these Olympic Games. Yeah. And there you were out there on the water, and you win by half a boat's a boat length, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a bigger margin than I was expecting. Usually when we're out there doing short things like a 200, it's uh, 0.1, 0.2. So I'm really, really excited how it went down. And, yeah, it's so exciting that women are finally competing. Uh, men have been in it for close to 100 years now. So yeah. it's, it's definitely our time. Have you watched the race back yet, or is this your first time seeing it? Briefly, a couple of times. I haven't been able to fully watch it, though. I, I, I listened to some of the commentary uh, during your race, and uh, someone noted how much core strength it requires to be really good at, at canoeing with one knee down and the other off the canoe. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of my routine. I have to do a lot of abs. I'm growing my six-pack, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Katie, you missed your first two jumps at, at opening height. <laughs> and, and in the pole vault, but then you got your confidence back. You got your swagger back, the mojo, it all, it all came back. And then you soared to, to goal. What changed? <laughs> um, during the warm-ups, uh, my quad on my takeoff leg was incredibly tight, and it's something I don't normally deal with, but it was grabbing, and I was a little nervous that it was going to pull or go. So it just took me a lot longer in warm-ups to get going than I would have liked. Um, but, yeah, once I, once I found my jump I, and got confident jumping off that leg, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> I want to ask you about... Um, about Dad, yeah. written in your shoe there. We just saw it in, in Tom's story. Yeah. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar with your story, you lost your father suddenly um, when you were 16, I believe. Yeah. Did you feel him out there with you today? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I feel him all the time. And I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm, he wanted me to be the best that I could be. He took me to every opportunity in any sport, clubs, private lessons, and so, to think that the, the best that I could be is the best in the world is pretty special. Yeah, you made yeah. Dad proud today. You Thank made an you. entire country proud today. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and then there's David. We talked about your comeback. I don't know if you saw this guy's match. I did. So you got 20 seconds left. You, you weren't going to win at, at, <laughs> at that point. Let's be honest, at 20 seconds. And, and, and I read that in your mind, you decided something with 20 seconds left. What'd you decide? Well, I, I texted my coach earlier in the week after watching a lot of the Olympic sports, and I said, you got to want to be here, and you got to want it. You know, and I think that, that really sums it up. You know, you got 20 seconds left, gold medals on the line, you fulfill your life's goal, and you either get it done or you don't. You know, and I found a way, and I found a way to get that takedown. How'd you do it? We call it a sprint, you know, and I think a lot of times in wrestling, as you get too close to the end of a match, people wait too long. You know, they may start with 20 seconds left, you only have one opportunity. And I started mine at one minute, and I got stopped twice before that. And then we came back to that whistle start 
with 23 seconds left, and uh, your instincts kick in. You know, we, we practice that all the time. Where what, what's your best takedown uh, with short time left? And, and not many times in wrestling do you really get a chance to fulfill that opportunity. And, and it was there on the biggest stage, and, I, and my, really my instincts took over. And uh, before I knew it, I was I was blasting through with that double leg on top, and I was like, I just got to squeeze this guy for 15 seconds left. I don't want to go back to my feet. And uh, you know, was able to secure the win. Yeah, you were. Congratulations. Thank you. David, congratulations. Katie, congratulations. Thank you. Nevin, congratulations as well. Hope to see all of you in, in a few years in Paris as well. Yes? Yes. Absolutely. Right. Yes. We've got commitments there. Uh, when we come back here on a Friday night in Tokyo, the medals keep coming, folks. Two more members of Team USA will join me to show off their hardware. And then a little bit later, Mom on a mission to bring home gold, how she's also blazing a trail for future athletes. The third hour of today rolls on right after this. We're back with even more members of Team USA who are going home with medals. Grant Holloway, silver medalist in the men's 110-meter hurdles. And O'Shea Jones, bronze medalist in women's welterweight boxing. Congratulations to both of you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How you feeling? Good, good. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yes. Happy to be here, big dog. Grant, yeah, I'm going to start with you. Because, you know, we, Al and I actually talked to your dad last week on the show, sort of a preview of your performance. All right. As you might imagine, uh, he's quite proud of his son. You talked to him after the race. What, what was that conversation I mean, like? That's, that's my best friend, you know. It's someone I look up to. It's someone who I admire to be. You know, the, the analogy that I always say, if I'm half the man that he is, and I'm, I'm winning in life. So, you know, we talked after the race. Of course, he, he has the coaching mentality. He gave me the, the, the cues where I went wrong, you know, but it's a learning experience. You know, this is my first Olympics. You know, it's something just to be happy about. You know, it's a blessing in disguise, but, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and you, you, you move forward. Yeah. What do you mean cues where you went wrong? You're wearing a silver medal. How many, how many tips could there have been? In <laughs> the Holloway household, we, we strive for excellence. You know, if, it's, if you're not first, then you're last. But, you know, in this, in this situation where you're able to, you know, represent your country and you're able to represent, you know, more than, you know, more than yourself, you get to represent your last name. It's, it's, that's where we, that's where we, that's what we, who we are as people. Made your family proud, made your country I proud. I appreciate it, thank um, you. Oshie, I want to go back to May of, um, of, of this year because I, I understand that this was right around the time where you were told you'd be heading to the Olympics and then a fire breaks out in your house. Tell me about getting from that moment to getting to the medal stand. Well, it was really like an emotional roller coaster. So when I, um, when I was in the fire, um, I almost died, basically. As soon as I got out, you know, my, my room collapsed right where I was at. And then five days later, I got a call saying I was going to be representing the United States of America. So it was just like, what am I going to do next? What, I'm go what, what am I even going to wear there, you know? Yeah. But it was, just, it was just a blessing. You went from a low to quite the high. Right. How did you get into boxing? Um, I got into boxing because I was always in competition with my little brother. I always wanted to do what he do. He used to wrestle. I wanted to wrestle. I bought him up. He used to box. I wanted to box. I wanted to punch him up. I always <laughs> wanted to be better than my brother. And this is the first time that, that this weight class was included at the Olympics, right? Yes, yes. I am the first welterweight to even medal, like period. I'm the first to represent USA. 
What do you think this means for the future of women's boxing in our country? Um, I think this means a lot for women's boxing. I think I'm getting more exposure to women's boxing, getting the, um, the sport more like known. You know, I'm letting the women know that we can be, we can do the same thing that males do, but maybe even better. Uh, yeah, I would say, especially when it comes to boxing. Yeah. <laughs> I, wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want you taking a swing at me. Uh, Grant, I want to show you something before we go, Grant. We talked about your dad. We just got some, got some video in um, of your old track team. I think we have this video, your old track team watching you compete. <laughs> how, how cool is that? That's love. I mean, that's, that's the community I come from. You know, there's it's no one left behind. And, you know, it's, as, much as, as much as I'm removed and I'm here, but, you know, deep down inside, I'm, I'm still there. I'm still a mentor to them. Many kids want to be like me when they grow up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's up to me. It's up to us. It's up to, you know, this year's generation, you know, to pave the way for, for the young ones coming up. Yes. Uh, tell Dad hello. You know and, I will. And I hope to see uh, your whole family in Paris. Oh, I hope to see your whole family in Paris as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for representing Thank Team you. USA. Appreciate so, it. Thank you so much. Safe travels back to the States. Coming up, uh, she is used to being at the front of the pack. Meet the Team USA marathoner who's leading the way for Olympic moms. We'll be right back. now for our series Metal Mindset. Alphine Tulyamuk began racing as a little girl in her home country of Kenya before moving to the United States. Now she isn't just going for gold in Tokyo, she's also setting a precedent for future Olympic moms. Oh. This book belongs to Zoe. That's you. I've always wanted to inspire people. And as a mom, when I think about a little girl getting inspired, I think about my own daughter. I want her to know my story, to know where her mom came from, and draw strength from that. 32-year-old Alphine Tulyamuk won the U.S. Olympic marathon trials in February 2020. Crossing that finish line and knowing I won was incredible. It still feels like I'm living someone else's life. I dreamed so long of making the Olympic team and then it finally happened. I'm just blown away. When the Tokyo Games were postponed, Alphine and her fiance welcomed a daughter, Zoe. With strict rules for athletes, Alphine petitioned, along with other Olympian moms, for changes to restrictions barring all athletes' family members due to COVID-19. The Tokyo Organizing Committee responding in part on June 30th, after careful consideration of the unique situation, when necessary, nursing children will be able to accompany athletes to Japan. The elite runner soon after sharing, what a relief it feels not to have to imagine my breastfeeding daughter being miles away from me. <laughs> Alphine, who grew up in rural Kenya, is used to overcoming obstacles. In the village, everybody was always barefoot. I didn't even have sandals. My feet were so strong. I was a very good runner. I was beating kids that were way older than me. 
When I got the opportunity to come to America, I was super excited. I was a 14-time All-American in college. Look at that, Zoe. The reality, though, was that I turned pro and life was very difficult. So I was training so hard and then going to races and really not performing well, and that was very discouraging. And then in 2016, I started to really win races. Something else happened in 2016. I became an American citizen on April 29. Whenever the national anthem plays, I get really emotional because it just reminds me of how special that day was and how my life turned around after that day. The new mom hopes to lead the pack when she competes today. I cannot wait to represent America. That would be my way of saying thank you for everything that you've done for me. I'm also doing it for all other little boys and girls because I know that for somebody to dream, they need to be able to see someone like themselves. Most of all, Zoe, I want to make you proud. You can be whoever you want to be. You just dream and work hard. Dream and work hard, I love it. Alphine's daughter and husband are with her in Japan during what also happens to be World Breastfeeding Week, and she'll run the women's marathon tonight so we can root for her. And thanks to our friends at NBC Sports for this piece. The book Alphine Reads to Her Daughter was actually an original idea from that team. Oh, Beautiful that's story. so awesome. Absolutely. Craig, we'll send it back over to you. You know, speaking of our, our friends at NBC Sports, look who we have here, the one and only hey. Mary Carillo, hey. hanging out on a Friday night in Tokyo. Uh, so Mary's going to join me in just a few moments as we bring you live coverage of the U.S. women's relay team going for their third straight goal. The third hour of today continues right after this. I'm joined now by NBC Sports Mary Carrillo as we get set to bring you live coverage from Olympic Stadium once again. The U.S. women's track team trying to win their third straight gold in the 4x100-meter relay. Mm. And you say they've got their work cut out yeah, this time around. Yeah, because Jamaica, Craig, they're so good. Three of the four women running in this thing won gold, silver, and bronze in the 100-meter last week. Uh, yeah, they're really good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gabby Thomas. Loved Gabby Thomas. I imagine she's one of one of the one of the stars on our team. Oh, absolutely. The 24-year-old who got bronze last week in the 200. And as a side hustle, she's trying to get her master's in epidemiology. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us have. As we all do. I was going to say, a lot of us have, have fallen in love with her. Uh, oh yeah. Her drive and ambition, especially off the track uh, during uh, these games. Who else do we have on the uh, on the team? Uh, so uh, Tiana Daniels. Uh, she's a 24-year-old. She's got seven siblings, wow. so she's got, she's got a lot of people watching her. Jenna Prandini, the 28-year-old, uh, University of Oregon Proud, and uh, Oliver as well. Okay. Uh, she got second at the Olympic trials. Let's so, do yeah, it. Let's, let's see what happens. Uh, let's send it to Olympic Stadium and NBC Sports. Lee Diffie for the call. This is the young Jamaican sensation, Brianna Williams. Team USA will start in lane six. Jamaica is two out wide in eight. Now, this young lady is a world under 20 record holder. She has been smashing high school records, age records, and she's knocking on the door. She runs with a star-studded lineup. Elaine Thompson, hurrah. The 100, 200 gold medalists back-to-back. -back. Incredible performance. Shelly Ann Fraser and Sharika Jackson. And I think just naming that Jamaican foursome is why the world record is on watch. Imagine getting to hand off 
to the women who have won the last four Olympic 100-meter crowns. It's good to be Brianna Williams tonight. China, Switzerland, the Netherlands, France, Germany, and Team Great Britain are the other nations along with Team USA. Since 1984, that's 37 years, the USA has won this event six times. Bahamas once, Jamaica once, and Belgium once. The United States have won the last two Olympic titles, and in 2012, they set the world record of 40.82. They'll be led off by JVN Oliver. They have substituted two in. Here are, here is Great Britain. They were the bronze medalists at the last Olympics. There's Dina Asher-Smith. She'll run on the third leg. She was, she's the world champion in the 200. She was injured, pulled out of the individual events because she felt like this was her best chance to give her country an Olympic medal. The United States is trying to win three golds in succession. London, Rio, and here in Tokyo. It's going to be tough up against Jamaica, though. Final for women's four by 100. Jamaica second from the top has already started to get away from Switzerland, but here comes the United States. All the passes are successful. Down the back stretch, Jamaica in the lead. The United States giving chase. Tiana Daniels with a really good play. She hands off to Jenna Brandini. Now Shelly Fraser Price takes off. Jamaica in the front. Team USA and Switzerland are close. This is Jamaica versus the clock. One pass to go. The world Olympic record is 40.82. Now Gary Thomas. One heck of an Independence Day present. Their first 4x1 Olympic win since 2004. And what about Elaine Thompson-Hurrah who ran that second leg? That's Olympic gold number five for her, making her only the second woman in Olympic track and field history to do that. But there is a flag up, and it may be Jamaica. number one from the youngster Brianna Williams to Elaine Thompson hurrah so the US has silver but we wait and watch about this flag from the officials Was there anything that necessarily caught your eye when we were calling it live? Yeah, it took a long time for Brianna Williams to catch Elaine Thompson around. You have a 10-9 sprinter trying to catch a 10.61 sprinter. So there's Jamaica on the outside, the United States two lanes to their inside. Let's look and see if Jamaica makes this pass within the zone. So far they're okay, still okay, still okay. Yep, Jamaica makes the pass within the zone, that's for sure, so that flag is up there for somebody else. Jamaican foursome for Brianna Williams, Elaine Thompson, hurrah, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, and Sharika Jackson. Joyous at their gold medal, and so too Team USA with silver. So Team USA in the last three Olympic games, gold, gold, and now silver. 
Fraser, look at the anchor legs again. Shelly Ann Fraser plays to Shamika Jackson. This Jamaican team has not been able to practice. Not a little bit, not at all. Because all of these young ladies were busy running their individual events. So they practiced for the first time today and somehow still managed to get this baton around and win their first Olympic gold in 17 years. Team USA substituted in Jenna Prandini and Gabby Thomas, and it paid off. They get a season's best and an Olympic silver medal. And Great Britain, for the second Olympics in a row, get the bronze medal to take back home. And there you have it, Team USA snagging silver uh, in the women's four by That happened in a hurry, didn't it? It did. <laughs> 40 seconds of awesome now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but you contend that we actually probably outperformed where we should be in terms of, of, of the squad we had. I, I honestly thought it was going to be Jamaica, Great Britain, USA. So that's a, that's a hell of a performance. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. Uh, congratulations again to oh. Team USA. Again, bringing home the silver. Oh. Uh, Jamaica bringing home the gold and Great Britain with the bronze. Mary Carrillo, we appreciate you sticking around. Anytime. Thank you so much. When we come back from Tokyo, the hosts of the closing ceremony. Yeah. There they are, Johnny Weir, Terry yeah. Pinsky. They're standing by to tell us what to expect. And they also yeah. have a big surprise, Mary. Do they? Yes, they do. We'll tell you about it when we come back. So we still have a few days to go before the Tokyo Olympics come to an end. That's right. Uh, here with a preview of what to expect at Sunday's closing ceremony, the hosts of NBC's primetime coverage, Olympic figure skaters, NBC sports analysts, and our favorite best friends, Tara Lipinski, Johnny Weir, uh, cousins of the show, as Chanel likes to say. So before we talk about the closing ceremony, we have the surprise reveal of the, of the flag bearer. Just favorite moments, both of you. What, what stood out to you so far um, from these games? Well, games? for me, watching Tom Daly finally win that gold medal in the synchronized men's platform 10-meter diving and those two it was tiers. The, the picture with the two tiers coming oh, down and then the yes. stats of four Olympics, one gold medal was incredible. But for me, it was definitely watching Simone Biles' journey, the incredible mark she made on these Olympic Games. And we were sitting on the edge of our seats, well, the edge of our beds <laughs> while yeah. we were watching watching the beam final and it was so exciting to see her back in form and that big beautiful smile and Suni Lee yes. there were some we're, we're big gymnastics fans I, oh I know and as Olympians of course we are so happy that the athletes have had this opportunity and that Tokyo was able to host such a brilliant games despite everything yeah. these people were able to chase their dreams and that is what we are most proud of as Olympians and fans of the Olympics. By the way, I'm glad you mentioned Tokyo because, I mean, it, the, the, the hospitality and the generosity of the people of, of this city, uh, it, it, you can't, can't say enough about it. It really has been phenomenal, especially considering the circumstances. Mr. Roker? Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, so we, we got a little sneak peek of your hotel rooms on social. Uh, <laughs> you came with a few things. Johnny, you, you had 13 uh, suitcases. 13 Tara, suitcases. You had nine. Did you guys have valets or something? <laughs> How did that work? No, it was no. just all me. And I wasn't even with <laughs> Him. I was doing the little scoot, run back, get another little scoot. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. I did feel bad, though, for, for the people watching me get through customs. Though you, They wanted to help so badly, but because of COVID, of course, oh. and protocols, nobody could help me. So it was like kick with a leg and pull with an arm. <laughs> and that's how I made it into Tokyo. Have y'all started team. packing? That's going to be a marathon oh, that's packing. That's true to go back. You, know, you always spread out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. yeah we, we spread it out, but we're definitely, we're, we're so ready. Wow. We're always prepared we're for so anything. Ready. And those are all Johnny's. Speedos to tuxedos, honey. <laughs> Johnny, Amazing. so both of y'all are getting ready to host the Sunday's primetime coverage of the closing games. Tell us what it's going to be like. Well, we are just so excited to celebrate the athletes and their journeys here because the closing ceremony, no matter what, is the party to celebrate the successes, to celebrate the, the journey to this incredible pinnacle of your career. And we're so excited to go along for the ride along with Terry Gannon, who is our play-by-play, -play, our friend, our host for figure skating and to bring him into the closing ceremony is going to be brilliant. The closing ceremony is so much fun. As an athlete, I don't know about you, Johnny, but you know, the opening ceremony, you're still a little bit nervous. There's a lot of anxiety, lots of thoughts running through your head. But I just remember walking out into the closing ceremony and we get to now watch all these athletes yeah. do that. It's so exciting. It's so fun. It's a big party. And then, of course, we get to celebrate Japan and the culture of Japan and what an impeccable job they've done with this Olympics. Speaking of the athletes, we are excited uh, to exclusively reveal this morning who's going to be the United States flag bearer at that closing ceremony. Who is it? Well, in our role as host for the closing ceremony, it is our pleasure to announce that Kara Winger will be Team USA's flag bearer. She competes in Javelin, and she's a four-time Olympian. How wow. exciting! Congratulations. Congratulations! I am in complete disbelief still. It's insane. Insane. Four-time Olympian, but never a finalist even, and not a medalist. So it just feels incredibly, it's such an honor to be this person that maybe represents that. The point of the Olympics is about participation. I kept showing up, um, you know, awesome. Simone Biles showed up in the beam at the end That's of the great. Olympics, and it's just been such a cool conversation about mental health. And this example that Japan has set of putting the Olympics on, bringing the world yes. back together again, and just being there. Kara. together. Yes, awesome. Kara, thank you. Congratulations to you. Uh, Tara and Johnny, it's always a party. Always. Hey. Always. We love being here. Have a great time this weekend. And by the way, you can watch those closing ceremonies live Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern, across Peacock and NBCOlympics.com. Primetime coverage starts Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, Chanel. It's special. Can't wait. All right, thank you, Craig. Up next, if you're sad to see the Olympics end, we must have a pick-me-up. That's why her name is Joy. Joy Bowers, Superfood Friday cookies. And I hear they're good. A they're good. Birdie, a little birdie next to me. If told me Joy really makes good. them, of course they're good. They're good. No, come on. <laughs> we come right back. What are you talking here? <laughs> It is a bittersweet morning as the Tokyo Olympics are winding down, but we are going to focus on the sweet part. Today, nutritionist Joy Bowers here for Superfood Friday. All right. Joy, we are going to make some super delicious yet healthy cookies, and I know because I ate one. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. They're so yummy. They are soft-baked peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, Ooh. and they're mm. very simple to Dude, throw together. I can cook. Awesome. So we have here brown sugar. It's mm -hmm. only six tablespoons. Most of the time, the cookies will be at least a full cup of sugar. So okay. I already know they're great. Before that, let's put in two eggs. Okay. I'm going to put in a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Now you do beat the eggs before you put it in yes, there? Yes, but we're doing a crash cookie thing okay. here. That, that's going to be one cup oh, of have, oh. creamy peanut butter. Okay. Could two, you use chunky if you wanted? You could use chunky. And also for nut allergies in the house, you could swap in soy nut butter, almond oh butter, cashew, sunflower. Yum. Now instead of flour, these are flourless and gluten-free. We're putting in oh. two oats. cups of old-fashioned oats. Okay. And now we're just going to fold in our semi-sweet or dark chocolate chips. Oh my yeah. God. Let's fold those in. Absolutely. You are the boss of your cookies. Okay. You can put anything you want awesome. in. Then 
you're going to just that good? put them it's good. on right? your baking sheet, just parchment like paper? this. A little parchment paper so they don't stick. A little bit of sea salt. Y'all, the guys. sea salt is the key. Oh my God. Right? Right? You get a pop of saltiness with oh. every bite. They have oh. peanut butter goodness, oh my God. puddles oh. of chocolate, and flaky sea salt. And it's they so are the bomb. How long do you bake them for? 10 minutes at 350 in the oven, and they're done. The you whole guys, this is, this is easy. Yes. So easy. And now, easy this one. now this is even easier. No. I'm making a chocolate fudge with just two ingredients. No. All we did here is soaked dates. Mm. These are pitted dates. They go in the blender with a little bit of the leftover water. Do you, you soak have... them in like whiskey or anything like that? You can. Okay. If you're Al Roker, you soak <laughs> them in rum or whiskey. And now we have our puree dates. Uh -huh. We're okay. mixing it just wow. with melted semi-sweet chocolate and chips. You put this right into a lined parchment paper loaf pan in the freezer for one to two hours and then you slice them up. Freezer. Guys, take That's a it? bite. And then they stay in the fridge for up to a I'm a little a nervous week. about what this will do to my teeth, but I am going to have a bite. You're going to really love good. this. And it has a fudgy consistency. Oh, wow. It's decadent, good. indulgent. Mm. And it's good for you. And you get some fiber from wow. the dates. Is that delicious? How long would this last in the freezer if you wanted to like make it ahead and Keep it full. I would say it would stay in the freezer for probably one to two months. In oh, the wow. fridge, it's going to last for up to a week. So two winning recipes. Not You're in my house. Fantastic. You're not, not, in, not in my I know. I was going to say we're going to eat it right away. Those cookies? Oh. Joy, thank so you so Wonderful. much for these recipes. Head today.com slash food. And we'll be, back, we'll be back with some of our favorite moments from an unforgettable <laughs>
Wow, this so is much fun. Fun. I know. Party. And and Craig, I think this shirt, I think that's the one that I love the most. That that really looks sharp. I think so too. It really does. Oh, thank you. It's very yeah. nice. The red, white, and blue? Yes. yes. But well, of you course, made a, you told me you told me last week, Roker, this is kind of like the only the only two week period where we can wear all of this stuff and it not be, you know, ridiculous. You're right. That's right. right. The only time it you can works. bring out your crop top. Or a tank top, which we actually are our, our crack staff found. Yes. Tank, so, talk, tank, there you talk, go. Of course. Tank, Put it course. on, Craig. Put it on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 just, just for you, JBH. Yeah. Put it on. Just for you. We're search high and low for that, by the way. Just for you. And this is the lowest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look at that. What a, what a way to end our coverage here in Japan. <laughs> hey, and by the way, my friend, you have done a spectacular yeah, job there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for because you were you've been away from those two little ones yeah. for, for a long time. So thanks so been much. Holding it down. Thank you. So good. I love you, brother. Chanel, see you next week. Yep, I'll yep. see you next week. JBH, see you soon. Uh, by the way, guys, there's, <laughs> there's oh, I don't know. There's or plenty never. of action left here in Tokyo. <laughs> Tonight, primetime, Allison Felix's shot on Olympic history, U.S. men's basketball team in the gold medal game. Love it. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah, have a good one. Watch the